Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Multiverse Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Dean Holtzapple. Alongside of me, as always, well, I got to stop saying that. <laughs> well, in spirit. George the Brain Rogers. I'll take it. Yeah, you will. You take it like a champ. It's the only organ I have that's working uh, properly right now. Yeah. So, everybody, here we are on a Friday night. On a Friday night. And, um... Fridays are for the boys. That's right. Every day is for the boys. So um, here we are to discuss Ohio. Me. Sneak it in. Speaking of bitch. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, here we are to talk about the latest DC comic book movie. Um, the Suicide Squad by James Gunn. Now, George and I saw this separately last night. Los Suicide Squadidos. Yes. Um, he, uh, um, he, uh, he saw it with his girlfriend and um, her daughter, and I saw it by myself because George and I live over an hour away now. And um, then I watched it today again because, um, you know, I guess we'll, we'll get into initial reactions. And then, of course, the traditional style review um my initial reaction to the movie was um i didn't love it i don't think it's a bad movie but i don't think it's great um i did like it a little bit better upon second viewing i haven't decided what my rating is right now um which i'll i'll give you that at the end of the, the podcast i did give it overall after first viewing a seven out of ten um and i'll give you my final rating at the end because i'm still pondering if i what i want to give it um because what i liked about the movie last night i like even more after seeing it a second time but the stuff that i didn't like about the movie still i still don't really like it so um i mean like i said it's not a bad movie but i mean it it took well, Warner Brothers, it took you five years to get the Guardians of the Galaxy movie you wanted and the Deadpool movie you wanted. So after butchering a shit ton of movies and fucking over David Ayer and other directors, congratulations, you got what you wanted. So um, and it's getting heaps of praise, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I think I, I'm getting tired of the trope. And this is for every comic book movie. You know, every comic book movie comes out they're like it's the best comic book movie ever. People said about Black Widow. They say it about Endgame and whatever, you know. It's just the trope gets a little old um, because I don't think this is anywhere near as good as the best comic book movie ever. This isn't even the best James Gunn movie. And people are saying that like, well, they do. Like, the have same you not thi- seen the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie? Like, well, they do the same thing every time a horror movie comes out. They're like, oh, exactly. this is the scariest horror movie yeah. to ever come out. And it's, it's like, sure, I guess. Like, it's it, it's the same. It's the same trope. It's uh, it's a marketing ploy. Yeah. That they use to well, get you to want I mean, you know, to, to get the casuals. I mean, it's, it. it's, it's all over Twitter, too. Like, people are going like, oh, my God, it's the best combo movie I've ever seen. Best combo movie this year. It's just like, all right, can we, like, relax for a second? Like, I don't think there was inherently anything great about this movie, but there was a lot of really good in it. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. There's nothing wrong about making a just a good movie or a really good movie, depending how you feel about it. Not everything has to be, you know, the Snyder Cut or Infinity War or 
Winter Soldier, stuff like that. You're not going to do that every time. You know I mean? James Gunn isn't going to remake Guardians 1 every time. Guardians 2, in my opinion, is not even as good as the first Guardians. I mean, it's still up there for me. I love both movies, but um, it, it's, it's not going to happen every time. And it is kind of getting kind of annoying because I'm just seeing a lot of people out there just going like, this movie was phenomenal. It's just like, I think you need to go back and watch more movies <laughs> before you start saying this movie was phenomenal. Like, um, so, so George, um, and I just gave my initial reactions. What was yours? What was your, you know, you're sitting in the theater, it's dark and you might have your, her hand in your pants, you know, um, well, you've been <laughs> in the movies with me, you know, yeah, exactly. you know, the routine I've had you my hand, I, you know, I've had my hand in your pants too, but, uh, <laughs> um, Hey, that's how movies win Oscars. Yeah, that's, that's right. It's cinema. <laughs> <laughs> as Martin Scorsese would say. So. <laughs> That's cinema 101. Uh, yeah. Martin Scorsese taught me that. Yeah. So um, so what was your initial reactions as you're watching the movie? And then, of course, when you you know get out of the theater and stuff like that. So what, so, so let everybody know. I, um, Wait, hold on. Hold on. I don't mean to cut you off. I believe uh, this is only like the second movie we've done from a theater aspect since we started the podcast. It wasn't one number 84 the first. 184, yeah, we did see that in theaters, but we did Godzilla Kong right after that came yeah, out too. And we, we did just the didn't Snyder see it Cut, in theaters. But, but I would say this is the this only the second like theater going movie that we've done. Yeah. Um yeah. for the podcast. So um it's yeah. it's a little weird. You know, we're still kind of getting our footing with that because a lot of the movies we do are are older, you know, or have yeah, been classic. You, you know, so it, this is a little still I feel like this is a little weird. So um, continue. I didn't mean to cut you yeah. off. Uh, I mean, I really, feeling, you know, I, I I really enjoyed every. I mean, well, like you, the 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 stuff that I liked, I really liked. Yeah. There, there was a couple things um, I thought were oh, a little man. off, but they didn't they didn't take me out of the movie. Like I was still heavily invested. Yeah. And this movie, and it's it's just like any other James Gunn movie. He found a way to make you care about all those characters like, like um, that, that that core group i mean it's it, it's one of those things that james gunn uh excels at is character development i mean yeah we had some kind of throwaways in the beginning and that's and, and that's fine one way or the other yeah but like that core group that we follow throughout the movie like he he made you kind of like you know like you were having the experience with him kind of like when he i'm not i don't want to compare it to the guardians but mm -hmm. We didn't really know too many of the characters in Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, I knew more going into Guardians of the Galaxy and going into Suicide Squad. I knew more of the characters in Suicide Squad than I did yeah. uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. And I was yeah, really well, I just. Mean, I, I would say boom, boom, you know, Boomerang and King Shark, especially because they're prominent, more more prominent villains in the the you know DC comics, and of course Harley yeah. Quinn and stuff like that. Um, I uh. You know, it's funny you brought that up about, you know, how James Gunn makes you care about the characters. Uh, it's not that I didn't care about them, but like I. I grew very attached with the Guardians when I first saw that movie. Um, and I didn't really get that with this one. I wasn't like, you know, I, um, I mean, of course, King Shark, because he's a giant fucking talking shark. So which I will be pre-ordering that Hot Toys when that goes up for pre-order, because I did oh, yeah. very much like King Shark in this movie. And I've already tweet. I know I sent a message to Hot Toys on Instagram. I really hope we get a Peacemaker Hot Toy as well because I would I would buy that as well. Um, 
but I didn't find myself like really like like I love the Guardians. Like I love those characters with, with a, a lot, you know, I mean, it's, you know, so and I don't didn't find myself loving any of these characters, um, probably because I mean, if I'm being honest with you, I'm not a very big Harlequin fan. Um, I've said that on many podcasts. I think she's one of the most overrated characters in, in entire comic books. Um, and but, you know, so it wasn't like I really had um, this massive attachment to any of the characters anyway. I mean, minus from the ones from the first movie, which, you know, George, myself and Chris are like the only three people that like that movie. So, um, yeah. but I do the, like the, the first one. So the, the three of us and Amy. Yeah. But, but I do like the original movie, um, which, which I will say um, this is very much, I know a lot of people were asking James Gunn and stuff like that. And uh, you know, as, as your resident reviewer, one half of this resident review team, I will tell you that this is very much a standalone film. Um, this this doesn't fit into anything. You know what this is? This is I, I don't want to put this negative connotation on the movie because um, it's better than the movie. I'm going to say this is the Wonder Woman 84 of the Wonder of the Suicide Squad series where there were a couple Easter eggs that links Wonder Woman 84 to the first Wonder Woman movie, but that movie was very much self-contained mm-hmm. while, and this movie is a much better movie than Wonder Woman 84. Um, but that's not hard, but still it is a much better movie than Wonder Woman 84. This had very, very few Easter eggs to that first one. You could believe it's a sequel, but it's very much a standalone movie and doesn't was- have a very grand connection to the DCEU proper like some of the other films that we've got post like you know, there that, was a that cinematic um, universe that started. I think the, like the only real connection that we may have gotten in that first movie is the fact that, um, that Rick flag and Harley know each other and Harley and boomerang are, are very familiar. You know, yeah, just, the just the returning actor. Really. Yeah. You know, that could either, I mean, obviously, you know, they, they call this like a soft reboot mm-hmm. and it's not really linked to it. That also very well could just be the fact that Harley Quinn and Captain Boomerang are basically villains, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. in the DC universe. They've yeah, the probably only real crossed paths several times. So The only real connection to the first movie that this movie has is just as returning characters. Yeah, it's never, it's never referenced the greater DCEU outside of excuse me, them saying, you know, Bloodshot uh, was in prison for shooting Superman with a kryptonite bullet which is comic accurate. That is Bloodshot's one claim to fame in the comics. Which is funny because there's a lot of people bitching about that. They're like, oh, he wouldn't put Superman in. It's like, yeah. pick up a book. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the one thing he's known for. Yeah, and, and that's what James Gunn set out to do, and I'll defend him on that. Um, regardless of my feelings on the movie, you know, good, bad, indifferent, or whatever, um, James Gunn is going to give you a... Not that other directors won't, because I, I, I think directors like Zack Snyder and... Um, Nolan, you know, um, and even some, you know, Favreau over in the MCU and stuff like that, they're going to give you characters and movies that are true to the comic books with a with a spin. And James Gunn does that as well. But he also likes to pay very strong homage to the comics as, as well. And I got that in this movie. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Um, because he he loves um, what the hell is he saying? I don't um, know. I'm not buying the same shoes as you, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) I already have a pair of black ones. You're copying me. Uh, I might have to get them on sale. He's copying Jason. 
<laughs> anyway, anyway, I just bought that fucking hot toys. Are you kidding me? I can't buy a pair of shoes right now. Yeah. Oh my god, a new a new addiction started. Um, but um, how wonderful to be present at the birth of a new addiction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and congratulations. Yeah, little little bit of Fraser reference. Uh, when uh when Niles said to Fraser and one of us was like, "Oh, how wonderful to be present at the birth of a new phobia." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as you were saying, your 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 thoughts. Yeah, I mean, my thought. I mean, I my overall thoughts. Uh, I really liked it. Leaving the movie, um, I didn't. I mean, I don't know if it was just kind of you know. I was just glad to be back in the theaters, but I. I mean, I enjoyed myself. I you, I had a fun this time the watching. First time the movie. you've been to theaters since we saw one of them. One one eighty four. Yeah, because yeah, I because uh, I saw Army of the Dead and Black Widow in theaters. So yeah, this I mean, is this is the I you know I've been back a couple yeah. more times more than you. So this is yeah. Like six months for you. I mean, this has been forever. Yeah. Well, one way four was what Christmas. So yeah, I'm saying it's, it's six, eight, seven, eight, eight months, months almost. Yeah. Six, seven, almost yeah. eight months. Lifetime ago for you. Yeah. Yeah. With, with theaters, yeah, because we were going like every fucking month, October. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I had a fun time watching the movie. Like the the last probably maybe two thirds of the movie. I was super invested and i was i was right there i was right there with it i enjoyed most of what i saw there were a couple things i could have maybe done without right. but 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 overall this felt like it it, it if it felt like a movie that warner brothers kept their fucking soup ladle out of no they didn't yeah. come in and they're like oh you mind if i uh come in and have a taste it's like oh this needs more this needs more dog <sighs> um yeah i mean you know, I guess that's the one thing, you know, un- unfortunately, two great filmmakers have suffered at the hands of Warner Brothers. But if I feel like now going forward that they are letting guys like James Gunn, I'm sure that was something in his contract too. like, you know, like he was just like, well, you know, I'm not going to come in and you're going to, you know, butcher my movie and post like you've done to other directors. And I'm sure that was in his contract that he would pretty much have full creative control. Um, but I-, I feel like now there's, you know, it's like uh oh god who's the guy who's doing shazam um david sandberg david sandberg probably has a lot of carp launch and i'm sure i'm pretty sure the rock had complete carp launch. let's be honest he directed uh nobody's telling the rock he's not <laughs> doing something yeah so i i think there's a certain names and it's, it's a shame that it can't be across the board um but uh this is this is a movie that uh definitely uh Warner Brothers did not put their hands in and you know I'm gonna say it because I don't think Warner Brothers should have their hands in anything but James Gunn completely unhinged is a little not my style um because he would not be able to do this under Kevin Feige like Feige would be like hey this is your bullet point you got to hit go do what you got to do and it resulted in two phenomenal Guardians movies where we're getting James Gunn free reign with a Suicide Squad movie, and I'm sitting here going, I I don't know how to digest this film. Like, just there's just, and we'll get into it when we get into the into the review in just a couple minutes. But um, <clears throat> it's again, I I don't I don't ever want Warner Brothers to have their hands in the 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 pot again. Um, yeah, ever. But. There is a part, much like I said about One Woman 84, I think there there should have been a point where somebody should have came in and been like, could you tone this down a little bit? Like with One Woman 84, could you be a little less rapey? 
You know, I feel like with with this movie, it's just like. Could you kill a little less birds? Like, that's like the one thing that I agree with Grace Randolph on her thing. Her fucking review was retarded. I don't care if you get offended by that word. Her review was dumb. I don't know. Well, where. I mean, I I also I mean, that was also I found out that looks like there's a little that that there was a bit of a feud between her. And and I had James no Gunn. idea until you told me that the same, other day. Same. Same. And it, I feels it. It feels it. Did you watch her spoiler review or glimpses of it? No, I I saw a couple clips on uh, on the Twitter it, machine. It feels like there's a vendetta between the two of them. Like she was like, so, okay, we'll cut, let's cut to the scene so we can talk about now before the review, before, you know, we forget about it. So the whole scene with Harley and the president, Mm -hmm. El Presidente, she like went on this tangent on how this was like, um, you know, no different than, you know, Gal, uh, you know, Diana Prince having sex with a guy who she thinks is Steve Trevor, but is literally not giving consent to sex. And it's just like, I never like she dug so far for something. It was like that wasn't there. Like he was trying to wooing woo her. She fell for it because he was glitzing and glamming her and was explaining to her like he he told her his plan. Like I need like I we know who you are. You're an idol here because like you're you know kind of fuck the establishment. And she was like, okay, until he was talking about killing kids. And then she was like, no, I can't do that. And killed him, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So it's like, spoiler alert. This are, <laughs> you should, everybody should know the spoilers in all of our reviews. So it was like, she, she just went like, I don't want to tell you to go watch it because it's really cringe, her review. And it's clear once you told me that there seems to be some sort of animosity between the two, it's clear that she was like, I'm going for blood because, because her, her problems with this movie are dumb they're dumb they're really fucking dumb well i i mean i had the uh i took that screenshot of her bullet points uh-huh. of what she had an issue with and i'm gonna i'll, I'll just I'll, I'll rattle them off real quick for you okay. uh full frontal nudity crude discussions over the top gore innocence killed human torture animal cruelty political commentary shockingly evil characters She's aware this is a comic book movie, right? Not even a comic book movie. It's a movie of villains. These like, aren't good people. Like, and a lot of people are saying that too. Like, these are these are the like they say it in the first movie. They're the bad guys. You know, we're the patsies. You know, we're some sort of yeah. Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Yeah. Thanks, Will. But it's yeah. true though. These are bad guys. You yeah. know, and they're like, gonna innocence, like innocence killed in human torture. Yeah, Grace. Did you watch Man of Steel? <laughs> <laughs> Have you watched? any comic book movie jesus christ the u.s government was gonna nuke new york city in the first avengers movie they fired a nuke on a city in the united states half the universe got wiped out in infinity war (laughs) like seriously like like that's your hill to die on steppenwolf (laughs) took an atlantean and heaved him across the fucking plane of earth against a rock he wasn't like playing patty cake with him and says, oh, well, loser has to give me the uh, location of the mother box. You know, <laughs> God <I> should have, <laughs> you know, they, that's what bad guys do. And unnecessary nudity. I mean, I guess, yeah, you could have done with that. I'm not going to complain about it. I'm not going to be one of those people like, I can't believe they showed a dick. Like, yeah, was it unnecessary? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it serves no purpose, but at the same time, who cares? It's it's an R-rated first. It's an R-rated movie. Plus, we got titties, so we're really gonna complain about titties. Yeah, never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Um, so, it, but it's an R-rated movie. Now, I will say personally, I felt like this probably could have been PG thirteen. Not that I care. I I don't care about that. But I feel like this movie was R because of the amount of fucks that were dropped in it. Oh yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah. I, I mean, because that that you can have that gore in. Uh, a, a hard PG thirteen movie, but I'm never gonna complain about that because I watch. I mean, I've been watching R rated movies my whole life, so you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. so, but I, like, there were a times in the movie where I was just like, "Hey, they're dropping more f bombs than I do," and I yeah. dropped that in like sentences full of fuck. You know what I mean? Like, but like, but but like the over the top gore. It's like did did which I did. I like. literally. What's up? I did like the over top gore. I thought yeah. it was great. I came home last night. And as I was getting ready to go to bed, uh, I'm watching Django Unchained. So tell yeah. me a little bit more about this over-the-top gore that you have a problem with. Yeah. yeah. A woman got shot by a gun and, and flew through a door. Went in the opposite direction she should have fallen. Yeah. <laughs> completely. <laughs> so, but okay, we've... He we've, didn't bend the bullet. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we have, we have given initial reactions, I think, long mm-hmm. enough. So why don't we get into this review? Um... And then we'll continue a little bit of discussion afterwards to, to round everything out. So, mm-hmm. um, again, so like I said, I have, I'm pretty sure I have a different rating. So my rating, and I put it on my Twitter and I put it on Facebook and I put it on our Instagram for the Multisweet Podcast. Last night, walking out of the theater, I gave it a seven out of 10, which is a passing good score. A lot of movies I like are seven out of 10 films. So again, I'm still playing with it in my head. By the time we're done this, I'll let you know if it stayed the same or went up. It didn't go down. I'll tell you that much. It didn't go below a seven upon a second viewing. Um, I just, I don't know if I liked it enough to go higher. So let's pull up Chrome here and um, let's get, oh, what happened? No, I'm still here. No, not you. I clicked on the wrong oh. thing. Here it is. Oh, uh, I need the Wikipedia page. I had two Rotten Tomatoes up. Uh, that's not. That's that's the opposite of Wikipedia. Yeah, seriously. So right now on um, Rotten Tomatoes, um, it's sitting at a fresh rating at ninety three percent. I think that's going to drop under ninety, um, but not by, not by much. I think as more people see it, I think it'll probably tick down a little bit, but not by much. Um, and again, everybody. The I think and I'm guilty of it too. The Rotten Tomato score that's not like a 93 percent. Like if you took a test and you you got 93 percent, that is 93 percent of the critics that graded the the movie gave it a good score. So I, I'm guilty of it too. I look at it and go, oh my god, how can this movie be 93 percent? Because like if I was again, like I'm, you know, so. Um, I'm guilty of it too. So just remember when you see a 93%, that's just 93% of the critics gave it a favorable review. So critic score right now at 227 critic reviews is 93% with a fresh rating. And there's 500 verified ratings. Now this is pissing me off for the audience score because I have seen four movies this year in theaters and not one time have they allowed me to verify my ticket. Like they, they were doing before the pandemic. So I bought a ticket, which is, supposed to be how you verify your rating on rotten tomatoes and i i you know i've left about a dozen reviews on rotten tomatoes over the last five years i'm doing it more now just because why not um and um the fuck um it's not letting me verify it so it's like so i'm not considered a verified user even though i paid 13 dollars to go see this movie in the theaters um which now rotten tomatoes i gave it a three out of five stars 
um, which I think is fair, you know. It's fair. Um, uh, so right now, the audience score with 500 verified reviews ratings is at 89, which I still, which I also think that's going to go down a little bit. I don't think this movie is going to have like Wonder Woman 84 catastrophe where it got a ton of positive reviews in the beginning and got certified fresh and then it went from like an 87 to like a 53 in two weeks i don't think it's going to happen um this is this has a lot of ratings so 227 is a lot of critics um i would see i would probably say like 150 more and i don't think that's there's i don't think enough rotten reviews are going to come in to tank that score at all so um but I'm, i'm but as a dc fan i'm happy we have another, you know, because idiots look at Rotten Tomatoes. I'm happy that another DC movie got a fresh rating or, you know, a tomato, maybe not a rotten, just not as not rotten because those early films, I think, were unfairly judged and they're aging great because, I mean, people uh, are talking about it. We know we know BVS was definitely unfairly judged. Yeah. So, um, OK, let me go to Wikipedia here. And George, if you're ready, I'm ready. I'll 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 get going. I'm ready. So, all right. The Suicide Squad. <clears throat> am I coming in hot? Coming in hot. You're good. No, I mean, I'm not like too loud. Am I on the mic? No, you're you're comfortable. Okay. All right. Good. Because um, I I'm not having the headphones, so it sounds weird in here to me. Right. Um, the Suicide Squad released uh, July 30th over in the UK uh, last week, uh, August 5th, which was last night uh, here in the United States. Uh, with a budget of $185 million. Um, its box office is, I would assume this is what it was over in the UK. It's $6.7 million. I heard, I've heard the UK is not actually responding to this movie very well. That's, um, um, yeah, that's overseas. That's like UK and France. Yeah, um, so we don't I think have last, US totals yet. I did see something for last night. I think a preliminary, um, like for like Thursday previews, I believe they said something like $4.1 million last night. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, I think the projection was about somewhere between 20 and 30. So if, if it matches it all weekend, that's going to, it's going to come in at that. So, but at the same time, we're still in a pandemic. So the only problem is, uh, I don't think it's, it could make its money back, but this is just another reason why there's a merger going on because they're giving these movies away for free. Yeah. Um, so, um, that's what the box office sits at currently is 6.7 million. That's all the, the only overseas stuff. So uh, directed by James Gunn, written by James Gunn, based on the Suicide Squad by John Ostrander, who George pointed out. I, I I had already known that, but George did reiterate to me earlier that he was the guy putting the bombs in people's necks um, in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, produced by Charles Roven, Peter Safran, who are two established Warner Brother producers. <clears throat> Music by John Murphy, who I'm not really too sure who that is. Um, oh, he's done some Guy Ritchie stuff. Hmm. Anyway, I wasn't really a fan of the score. Uh, I guess whatever the main theme was that we got, um, that we were kind of getting, I, I did like that. But overall, I wasn't really impressed with the score either. Uh, starring, <clears throat> damn it, I'm a little dry. Starring Margot Robbie. Idris Elba, John Cena, Joel Kinnaman, Sylvester Stallone, Viola, da- Viola, Viola Davis, David Dasmalchin, Danielle Melcher, Melcher, Melquire, Melcher, 
Melchior, I believe. Melchior. Jai Courtnoy, Peter Capaldi, Michael Rooker, Alice. <clears throat> Sorry, everybody. Alice Braga, Pete Davidson. Then there's you know Nathan Fillion, who was absolutely playing arm fall off boy. Except they didn't call him all arm fall off boy. He was the detachable kid, but that's exactly who he was playing. Yeah. Let's not lie about this. <laughs> can't, get, can't get over one. You can't get us. Can't get over us. Uh, uh, not out too smart. Too uh, smart. Sean Gunn was Weasel, um, and he was also Calendar Man. <laughs> wow. Yes, he was. Uh, Flew the Borg was Javelin. I'm just trying to get the whole. You know, it was. It wasn't a, a deep cast. So, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, that's um, Mei Ling Ning. I, I don't know how to pronounce her name. She was Mongal. So, um, yeah. That's everybody. George, take it away. <laughs> Task Force X, a squad of inmates from Bell Reef Penitentiary, are sent into the sent to the South American island nation of Corte Maltese, big DC place, mm-hmm. after the government is overthrown by anti-American regime. Under orders from intelligence officer Amanda Waller, the squad is tasked with destroying Jotunheim, a Nazi-era laboratory that holds a secretive experiment known as Project Starfish. A team led by Waller's subordinate, Colonel Rick Flagg, is almost entirely wiped out by the Corte Maltese military upon landing. But this allows a second team comprising Bloodsport, Peacemaker, Nanawe, King Shark, Polka Dot Man, and Ratcatcher 2 to enter the country undetected. After finding Flagg at a base camp of rebel soldiers, the squad convinces rebellion leader Sol Soria to assist them. Meanwhile, Harley Quinn from the first team is taken prisoner by the Corte Maltese government who are plotting to use Project Starfish against other nations. So this J- James Gunn does a little bit of a bait and switch on us from the uh, from the start. Right. You know, because we're you know, we open on Michael Rooker sitting there while Folsom Prison Blues is playing uh, over the background. I'm not a big Johnny Cash fan, but some yeah. people are. So it's on, but them. I'm not a big fan of him either. Yeah. Um and then we just kind of, you know, from there, he we get, you know, he's taken by uh, Amanda Waller, who's once again played by the uh, by the great Viola Davis. Amanda Waller, I in this movie, she well, wasn't as menacing as she was in the first one, but she still is someone I don't want to fuck with. Uh, yeah, like actually, like, <clears throat> like at all. I'm doing something a little different uh, today with the review. <clears throat> Of course, we're going to do least favorite and best, you know, favorite scenes. But I also have a list of five things I've really liked about the movie. And I have six things that I did not like about the movie. Um, just so, just kind of bullet points that I want to talk about. And Amanda Waller is actually one of them. I did not like her in this movie at all. Like one bit. The Amanda Waller I know from the 2016 movie, from the comics, the cartoons, any iteration of Amanda Waller. When they would hit her over the head. <coughs> sorry, everybody. With a golf club, she would have woke up and shot everybody. Yeah. There would have been no, there wouldn't have been any of this. Well, they got me this time. No, she would have just woken up and like she did in, in the last movie. She just was literally murdered everybody in that fucking room to cover her tracks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I did not really like Bill. And I'm not going to blame her. I'm going to blame the way her character was written. I did not like her in this movie at all. I, I, in fact, she is my least favorite thing about this movie. Which I loved her in the last one. I really did. I, I thought she was fantastic, but I did just and not one point in this movie that was I like, oh, she's Amanda Waller. I want my Amanda Waller to be a complete twat. I don't want her to ever show compassion unless there's a reason to. 
She would have again. With a capital they were cut. holding. They were holding. Well, we'll talk about it again. Okay. Yeah. The um. <laughs> the movie. I was gonna bring something up. So. so yeah. So we're kind of following Savant. We go through like kind of a, an abridged version of what they do with Task Force X. It's like, all right, you know, we're, you know, it takes him. It's like, oh, you know the deal. Complete the mission. Ten years off your sentence. And then takes him, you know, he gets the gets the bomb put in his neck. And as I point out to you, the doctor who did it was John Ostrander, who was the man who created Suicide Squad, as we said in our in Dean's initial breakdown at the beginning. Yes. And then he meets uh, and then you know he meets Rick Flag, and then he meets his team, which this version of the team is comprised of Blackguard, Mongal, Weasel. Uh, TDK, who is the detachable kid, which I started laughing. I'm like, son of a bitch. It was right there in front of us the whole time. Yeah, it was right there. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Javelin, Captain Boomerang, and Harley Quinn, who shows up. It's like, oh, sorry, it was late. Had to go number two. It's like, that's 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 my Harley taking a shit right before a mission. Mm. She knows. And we get you know, we get a little bit of a little bit of banter on the plane, which is which is pretty good when Javelin asks, like, oh, what does TDK stand for? It's like, oh, that stands for me. It's my name. It's like, your name is Letters? Yeah, we just get, you know, it's a little bit of, a little bit of to and fro and some good stuff between them. Um, Dean? Yeah. Oh, because you, you froze on my end, so I didn't know if you're still uh, there. No, no, I was just letting you talk. All right. Um, and then they jump out of the plane to in Corto Maltese and they all, you know, land and then weasel belly flops. I kind of laughed out loud at that. And then him like uh, ranting in the water because he can't swim. I was, yeah. I was laughing at that. I'm like, all right. Okay. This is, this is pretty good. And then he dies instantly. Or yeah. so we're well, so we say. So we, so we yeah. And then as soon as they all get to the beach, Blackguard gets up and says, like, hey, hey, guys, I'm the one who called you and uh, told you this was happening. It's like, it's uh, a, it takes a bullet straight to the fucking face, right to the fucking face. Not in there. His whole head was still there, but just the face part was gone. Yeah, it must have been a face bullet. So. <laughs> so what you're saying is they took his face. Off. Off. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. So, I got gotcha. you. I'm there. I'm there. So here we are. You know, we're in the we're in the the opening here. And I, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I did not like the opening to this movie. This is really what I didn't. This is like, you know, I said the first 30 minutes were boring, and and the term I used last night was like unwatchable because that's how bored I was. Now it wasn't as I wouldn't say it that much today, but I didn't really like the the beachfront. It, to me, it it did nothing for me except for the fact that. It killed off Captain Boomerang, which made me mad because he's like a prominent member of the Suicide Squad in the comics. I and feel like we kind of knew that was happening because we didn't see him in any other trailers except yeah. for that opening scene that maybe there was like maybe a glimpse of him on the beach. Yeah, um, but it, it just didn't do anything for me. Um, and then and then, you know, they cut back to how she recruits Bloodshot and, and like yeah. just none of that stuff did anything for me. Yeah. You know, the whole interaction with his daughter, I was like, this is not good. Like, I don't believe you love like like and I don't I don't want to compare it to the last one, but you believed that Floyd Lawton loved his daughter. And like here it, he was just like, fuck you. I have nothing to do with you. And she said yeah. the same thing. And I was just like, well, then why the fuck are they even talking to each other? Yeah. They hate each other. We never you know go. Mean? Well, it was clearly set up by Waller. Yeah, you know, it's like, hey, she's arrested. And guess what? 
She's going to Bell Reef. But the one thing I did is when they're yelling, fuck you, back and forth, back and forth at each other, and Idris just just goes, fuck you. I'm like, all right. Like, that's, I was like, yeah. he, he, Idris elbowed it. Like, he, he, he went just, fancy with it. And it just, it just went, it yeah. went, <clears throat> it's one of those things where, like, somebody should have said to James, got to be like, hey, could you cut out like four fuck yous? Like, yeah. It went a little too long. Like, when I said, when we, when we reviewed the Snyder cut, and we they we got like this long version of the woman singing the song after after uh, we got the long version after Chris of Chris singing the song on the on the, the waterfront. <laughs> um, the Jason Moa left. Like I didn't need that to go like twenty five seconds. You know what I mean? Like I didn't need Idris Elba and his daughter yelling a hunt like a dozen fuck yous to each other. And again, you're like, everybody. You listen to this podcast. You know how much I curse. But it was just like, okay, like I actually looked down, I pulled my phone out. I was like, Jesus, like, what's going on here? This whole opening is so fucking boring. The um, one thing I, I did chuckle was once, you know, when they were getting, you know, after she get, after she convinces Bloodshot and, you know, they go and they get, and they get seen and he's just standing there. I thought he was behind glass. I did too. <laughs> but he was just standing there in the open door. Yeah. And I, I'll tell you and, right and, now. Yeah, and, and, and in typical uh, in typical George fashion, I leaned over to Amy. I'm like, who the hell are they talking about? There's nobody there. <laughs> I will say, I loved seeing in this movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, ha- have that man arrested for stealing every scene he was in. Yeah, seriously. Like, I, he's not in. I mean, he, what, something he did in the movie is in, like, the five best things about the movie I wrote down. But um, he himself is not my top five. But like he would probably be number six if if it is. I thought he was, I thought it was great. I'm super excited for the show. I think the show is going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. This and I told you that last night. This movie got me excited for the show. Yeah. So yeah, he he was um, great. He was great. I told yeah, you, so like, you hey, when we, when we were on BGE the other day, I said that Peacemaker was becoming a favorite character of mine because what they're doing with him in the comics with the Suicide Squad comics right now, and yeah. this movie made him made me even more of a fan. And you know, I'm um, I'm glad I bought that shirt, and I'm really hoping we get a hot toys out of it. So, I like when they go into right. the women's side of Bell Reeve, and the women all just start fawning over them. Did and you notice, are knock it off. Did you notice? I think they gender swapped Crazy Quilt. No, that's Kaleidoscope. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, I that was that was that was Kaleidoscope. I had to look it up. I had to look it up, but. Yeah, hmm. but they're just like fun. at first. I thought it was Charlotte Flair dressed up. I'm like, what is this? She's in this movie. <laughs> oh, Dean's Dean's dry today. Yeah, I'm really dry, man. I don't know. He's awful dry on. today. And they go and they get and then uh, <laughs> Rat Catcher too, who's asleep. She's her. like asleep for like most of this movie. She was great though. Yeah, he was great. And Sebastian the Rat, he's he was fantastic. I oh, want right. hot toys of a fucking giant rat, please. Fucking please. And he was voiced by D. Bradley Baker. Oh, was he? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. I mean, all I I, I guess the fucking squeaks any day. Squeaky, 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 squeaky. Yeah, but he doesn't she say right though. She, I mean, yeah. honestly, I think character wise, I think she stole the show because she was the one yeah. character that I actually was like, I cared about. I mean, yeah. one, she's a piece. Two, um, they actually gave her like some levity to her character, you know? Yeah, she wasn't just like a throwaway character. Like yeah. they gave her. And like Korg shows up and goes, "Oh, piss off, ghost!" 
you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, I like, I mean, I like Taika Waititi. So when he should, I don't, I saw his name in the credits. I was just like, who the fuck is Taika Waititi in this movie? Like I couldn't put it together. And then all of a sudden he shows up with that wild fucking hair. And I was like, of course. <laughs> I actually thought when I saw his name in the credits, I'm like, is he going to be the voice of Starro or some shit? I would have been great. I was like, oh, hey, hey, I'm a giant starfish. I was just floating out in the, I was just floating out in space. Yeah. It was, These Americans came and got me. Voice, so, yeah. <sighs> Piss off, ghost. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of a yeah, That was a uh, rat catcher, too. I think I could be wrong. I think that was Layla's favorite character because, you know, she had the little rat on her shoulder because mm. she thought he was adorable. You know, we got the guinea pigs. I would have, so. I would have thought Layla would have gone for Har- Harley. Oh no! And then King Shark because he kept going nom nom every now and then. I mean, King Shark was great. I'm I mean, I, I mean, I'm buy- I told you everybody at the beginning of this fucking thing. Yeah. I'm buying that fucking hot tours when I can pre-order it. It's happening. There's a reason why his name has the word King in it. Yeah, I'm. I'm not saying anything you don't already know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, that second crew goes to the beach and they you hear the explosions from the other side. It's like yeah, mm. whatever. Fucking, they're just going on with it. They they set up camp and then polka dot man's got the these fucking like <laughs> swell up polka dot spots and he just yeah. goes and I guess either shits or throws it or, th- or throws. I would them assume up he was throwing up. Yeah. Yeah. And then fucking Sebastian the Rat tells uh, basically alerts Bloodsport that hey King Shark's gonna eat Ratcatcher. Yeah. No, that was good too. Yeah. So I I good. think yeah I I definitely think I. Oh, yeah, we are because honestly, we're this at this point now where we are close to 30 minutes into the movie. Mm-hmm. And this is where, to me, when we cut back to team two and you know, they're in their camp and stuff like that. And then, you know, John Cena's coming out, dick printing in his tidy whities Jesus Christ, like they, this? they they got a size that was like three times three sizes too short. Like, hey, we want to see every crevice, yeah, on your cock. Um, <laughs> this is where the movie picks up for me. So, every like everything before this, I didn't really like at all. I, I was just kind of like, okay, we're like, what's what's going on here? Like, this this is this doesn't seem like James Gunn. This doesn't seem, you know, I hope this movie is it because up. John Cena showed up in his tidy ways and you were like, oh, I gotta pay attention now. It had to have. Well, no, it, it it started with the whole, you know, King Shark trying to eat rat catcher. And I was like, okay, let's now we're guessing because it did. And now then and then, you know, we'll, it picked up and then it kind of hit a snag with the bar scene again because that was kind of just it didn't. I thought that was boring. But then it after the bar scene, it was it was pretty good for the rest of the movie. So, I mean, so where were we? Uh, yeah. We were we on the uh, thing. I am at. Uh, I mean, it. Here's the problem with movies that just come out. It's hard to get like an actual plot line, plot line. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's I basically why, have that's kind of why we're free flowing this too. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of have what people are breaking up. So there's like little sections I have to keep going back to because I'm also right. trying to remember it. Right. I saw it last night. Yeah. And I'm been extremely tired. I've been been a lot of pain the last few days. So I'm trying to remember everything that's not me holding my back and searing pain. Yeah. 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 And again, um, that's why we're we're following that outline. But, yeah. we're, but then, we're I mean, we see following this conversation. But when it does cut back to team one, we see that Harley survived and Flag survived. Yeah. Harley was captured by the generals and uh, Flag was captured by the freedom fighters. But we don't know that they're freedom fighters. All we know is that Flag was captured. 
and then you know they get the other and, th- and then team two gets the mission from waller go get flag he's being held here mm-hmm. but waller doesn't give them any other information because it's waller she's not going to tell you anything that you don't need to know exactly need to it's know a need basis. to know basis and you don't need to know um and this and this is one of my favorite parts of the movie mine too i absolutely which is this is basically a pissing contest between Bloodsport and uh, Peacemaker of basically who can kill the most people. And, much. and I was in. That's um, a floppy dick in this scene, too. Oh, yeah. Big floppy dick. Really? It starts off with King Shark coming up behind the guy and eating him, which we've seen in the trailer that we know that happens. We just now have context of where. And then Cena just shows up and just throws an axe at a guy, hits him in the head, pulls out a machete, chops another guy up, Pulls like the axe out of that axe. guy's head. What's I up? Like when he took the axe, and, and he was slamming like, it down the guy who was laying there. Yeah, he was like, yeah, laying that dude up with it. I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah, and then Where he left the axe blow dart the from John Cena. Like, what the? That is the most random thing. You're like, I got a blow dart. <laughs> yeah, but then he had the blow dart. And he jumped yeah. down. We find out that on the on the ground on the ground level, blood sports been setting people on fire. Yeah. <laughs> but I love it. Uh, Right before they get into that, where they start going in, and Bloodsport looks over at Cena and gives him the middle finger, and then Cena does the jerk off motion, but finishes it off. Yeah. I'm like, ah, there we go. <laughs> like, that's 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 the John Cena I want to see at SummerSlam. Yeah, no, I I did I like this sequence. This again, this is where the movie started to pick up for me, and I was like, all right, yeah. cool. Now we're we're getting into what I wanted to see. Just random bullshit. And then they show up in the the hut that Flag is in with Soul Soria, and it was like, it's like, oh, where wait, are you drinking tea? It's like, oh, how, it's like, how come my men weren't alert? They didn't alert me. It's like, like wow, we, we didn't, we didn't see anybody. There was nobody out there. I, and then Polka Dot Man is just like, I thought they were all my mom in my head, and I killed them. <laughs> like, holy, that's that's good. Like, it was that was a good comedic scene. I was like, all right, there we go. There we go. Yeah. Now we got something. That was good. Did, like that. That was, and, and I said to you before, and I stand by my statement. There's a lot of the comedy didn't hit really hit with me. Um, so, some of it did. There were times where I actually really laughed out loud in the movie. That was one of them. Uh, John Cena talking about butthole. That was another one. Where I, I actually, my reaction. <laughs> Starfish is slang for a butthole. Does that have something to do with it? Is he gonna get any, think there's any connection? When he said that, I actually visibly it was like what I said out loud in front of kids. What the fuck? <laughs> and laughed because they caught me completely off guard. Whatever, it's a rated R movie, and there were kids in there. They knew what to oh, expect. I no, I it just caught me off. You were the tamest thing in that movie theater, huh? You were the tamest yeah, thing in that for movie once. theater. You're talking about the guy who farted during Million Ways Die in the West and made the whole theater laugh. This is also the guy who uh laughed out loud and once upon a time in Hollywood, and the girl's like, Hey, can I suck your cock? That's right, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and then you couldn't stop laughing for five minutes afterwards. Yeah, you're talking about the guy I still who- have no I've still have no idea what goes on the rest of that scene. You uh <laughs> you're talking to the guy who wore 3D glasses when he went to see Lone Survivor in theaters. Oh. That was and that was not a 3D movie. No, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I gotta all right. So this was edited from how I saw it last night. So they don't even okay. mention. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna well, yeah, let me let me just throw this little bit in. And then I'm going to get back to the reading. Okay. Is this really doesn't mention the, the Harley Quinn stuff. Okay. It mentions she was captured, 
but they don't talk about the fact that she was taken to uh, El Presidente mm. and he was wooing her and showed her all the sights and you know showed her like the birds on the roof and all that. Right. And then them having what I can only assume was very violent sex in his uh, in his uh, little uh, little room there. Now I want to say I do not know who Alice Braga is. She was Sol Soria. But she's a piece. She's also on a show on USA. It was called Queen of the South, mm-hmm. where she was, a, I think, like a drug queen pin, something like that. She's also uh, a lesbian. Is she really? Yeah, didn't know that. Well, I also didn't know who she was. She was, yeah. oh, she was in I Am Legend. Okay, I saw I Am Legend. Oh, she was in I Am Legend. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's probably the only movie I've seen her in then. Um, At yeah. best, but... I didn't see, I don't think I saw Elysium. No, I didn't. No, I was thinking of Oblivion. Never mind. Predators. I don't. Yeah. I didn't see Predators either because I heard it was awful. Mm-hmm. But okay. Yeah. So, um, and then El Presidente tells you know of you know Jotunheim, which right. has Project Starfish, and how it's like oh you know the you know our enemies will you know will, will fall you know we're torture everybody. And then she shoots him and tells the whole thing. It's like you know I said to myself after the last relationship I was going to look for red flag and. You know, torturing kids, that's kind of a red flag. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then after then after she looks at the gun, she goes, I can't believe there was a bullet in this. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's a very Harley Quinn thing. <clears throat> so, and then she's <clears throat> taken and she's uh, and she's tortured as such. Yes. Um, so I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I have this written down. I did not like the stuff between her and El, uh, El Presidente until she, put, until she put a bullet through his chest. Um, I just kind of felt it. It was weird. It wasn't like it was rushed or any of that stuff. It was just weird. And I didn't really, it just didn't do anything for me. Like, you know, the, with the birds and stuff like that. So oh, with the birds, cause I wanted to mention this early when we saw Savant kill the bird, I didn't need to see, you didn't need to have Savant kill a bird to tell me that he was a bad guy. It's Michael Rooker. I knew, you know, I didn't need General Moderno from uh, Quantum Asalis to light a birdcage on fire to for you to let me know that he didn't get along with the El Presidente and he's a bad guy. I already knew he plays the same character in every role he shows up in. So I'm I'm actually I'm very surprised James Gunn did that because James Gunn is very much like an animal lover. So well, they also didn't show it. They just all you got were the uh, yeah. all you got were the screams. But still, yeah, as somebody I like I don't I would sooner you like kill a kid in a movie than animals. That's how I am. Not that I I, I don't condone child killing, but I, I'm they could have just released the birds, though. They didn't need or to... just not done anything. They didn't have to do anything. You know, what I mean, it was just like. And listen, I know it's a movie. They were fake birds. It didn't, it didn't happen. But I'm a, I, I can only assume it, that they were that they were doing it to show that. Um, no, I'm going to call him General Madrano yeah, to show that General Madrano could go that extra step. Yeah. You know, he can. You know, he'll he'll go further than what El Presidente will go. Yeah, I can only I I can only assume that that that, like that, said, that was the symbolism. But I didn't need it. As somebody yeah. who is a, a big animal lover. It, it does nothing for me. It's I'm like, okay, all right, like, cool. You're killing animals. Like, you know, I, the dog is the only person I ever care about half the movies that are, that we see, you know what I mean? That's like, true. So it's like your favorite movies know, there, bud. Hey, 
turn on Hooch. Hey, ooh, easy, easy. That's careful with that. That's an antique and great. But the this also doesn't mention her getting rescued. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll throw it in later. Okay. All right. Let me continue on here. Excuse me. The squad accomplishes their next their next object objective. Ugh, yeah, easy for me to say. Of capturing the Thinker, a metahuman scientist in charge of Project Starfish, while also joined by Harley Quinn when she escapes the Corto Maltese government. Breaking into Jotunheim, most of the squad rigs the facility with explosives as Flag and Ratcatcher 2 enter the underground laboratory. Accompanied by the Thinker, they discover Project Starfish to be Starro the Conqueror, a powerful extraterrestrial capable of controlling its victims' minds. Excuse me. The Thinker reveals that Starro was brought to Earth by the American government, who had been secretly funding the experiments on Corto Maltese for decades. Peacemaker, under secret orders to cover up the U.S. the U.S. as U.S.'s involvement kills Flag after he refuses to surrender a hard drive containing evidence of this revelation. But Ratcatcher 2 manages to obtain the drive. Meanwhile, a skirmish between the squad and Corto Maltese military leads to Polka Dot Man accidentally setting off the explosives prematurely. During the ensuing chaos, Bloodsport saves Ratcatcher 2 by shooting Peacemaker while Starro escapes the laboratory, killing the Thinker and the Corto Maltese military. That's a mouthful. Break it down real quick. Mm-hmm. So they end up going to that bar in disguise, and we get that nice little scene there where um, where they're telling King Shark he can't go because he can't blend in. And he's like, I wear a disguise, fake mustache, then puts his finger up under his nose. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's the worst disguise I've ever seen. And then he just, then he just yells, fuck. And I kind of like felt for him a little bit when he's sitting there in the car and like everyone's inside, and it kind of like, show up on his face. Like, he just wants to be with his friends. Yeah. But that's yeah that's uh, that's and then they go into the bar and they're in disguise and john cena is wearing i'm assuming what he wears whenever he goes to any bar yeah. a collared <laughs> shirt with the little alligator on it and yeah. shorts he's probably gonna wrestle in at a SummerSlam. that's right and i know you weren't the biggest fan of the bar scene and i kind of could have done without it too yeah, it didn't do anything but um i'm gonna give one high point to this bar scene and that's john cena's dancing yeah I just I I'm it's it's a trope that's in a lot of movies and I felt like it was something <clears throat> and I'm I'm trying not to I'm doing my best to not like compare it to the 2016 film because we had the bar scene then but that seemed a little bit more well done where they were like it was at the end of the mission they didn't know what to fucking do so they were just like okay let's go drink before Amanda Waller blows our fucking heads up you know what I mean like that seemed like there was more connecting between them here. This was like, it was on a mission, of course, but like all of a sudden they were like friends. And it was just like, well, where and at any of this point, did you guys like decide to like, you were going to get along? I know flag and blood sport knew each other. Cause they served together. That was said in the movie, but it's just like, and then, you know, they show them dancing and stuff. Like that. It, it, it's just a very, cliche thing that a lot of movies do let's go to the bar and you know then we're best friends it was just like could have did without it and then all of a sudden they don't the only way they 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 don't even trick the thinker bloodsport just goes up to him pretty much says if you don't call me i'll fucking kill you like that was the end of it i was like oh well to be fair how are you gonna trick the thinker (laughs) i I mean that's true that's true um a couple things regarding this whole scenario um as you said, like you have your ups, you have your downs. Uh, Cena dancing, 
made me chuckle. Mm-hmm. Um, them pouring the drink for the rat for, yeah. for Sebastian the rat. I was like, oh, all right, this rat's gonna get drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, also, and this was something I found out after the fact. One of the dancers on the stage was Mantis. I heard. I I didn't. I was, and I forgot uh, to look for which one it was. In uh, she was the one in the front. The oh, it was one. her. Okay, yeah, in the red. Yeah. Yep. That okay. was her. Because she. Because I think her and James Gunn are like BFF. They are. Yeah. Actually, James Gunn's girlfriend is in this movie. She's the blonde chick that works for Amanda Waller. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So. She Steve, she the one at the end of the movie with uh yeah Steve Aggie. John Economos yeah yeah um yeah I mean like the and here's the one thing I have that they just kind of picked a random character and that was the thinker they did, he yeah. didn't use his metahumanist like abilities at all they that literally could have been anybody it really could have been it, it, honestly it could have been. Um, I'll, 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 the, the only thing I'll give you on it being a thinker was the fact that he was probably controlling Starro or some sort something like or, that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you there? Oh, I think I lost George. Oh, he's, he's completely frozen. Oh, no, <laughs> no, he's back. You back. He's frozen again. He's moving. I'm I can't back. hear him. Back, George is back, back, everybody. I'm back, yeah. George is back. Yeah, so I was like, that 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 could have been Hugo Strange. So I mean, yeah, it could have been any yeah. scientist from the DC from from DC comics. Not, that, I mean, it was cool to see. Maybe the with the exception of a couple, but I mean, yeah. It, and also, this wasn't the uh, Clifford DeVoe thinker. This was a, uh, I guess his name was Greaves. Guy Greaves. Guy Guy Greaves. Who so, is um. Is he the the current thinker, or is he, or, or was he? The he was created for the movie. Oh, all right. Wow, I didn't know that. Right. Yeah, James Gunn created Gaius Greaves. Because oh. hmm. I only okay. know Clifford DeVoe. That's the thinker I yeah. know. I don't know any other version. I mean, I know there are other versions of the thinker. I just don't know them. I've always known Clifford DeVoe as the as the as the thinker. I had no idea that James Gunn created this version of the thinker. I mean, it's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to. Yeah. I'm not going to, I mean, I'm not going to knock that. I'm, I'm not going to knock the. I'm not going to knock the, you know, the, the fact that he created the character of the thinker. I'll, I'll yeah. knock the fact that he was kind of cookie cutter and could have been anybody. Could have yeah. been any scientist in the DC. Universe. Yeah. I, I, and I'll, I'll get into that with sorrow too. Uh, at the end. Um, I actually felt really bad for sorrow. Yeah. Especially. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, We'll get there. Yeah. Um, so where the fuck am I? Oh yeah. So yeah, the the government comes in and they're like, "Oh, get get anybody who looks American." It's like, well, what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> and they take the three most American looking people, and one of them isn't even American. Yeah. <laughs> and they, you know, get arrested and end up killing the people in the back. And John Cena punches his arm through or uh, his arm through the hole and just start killing the fucking guy the driver mm-hmm. i was kind of laughing that he had him by the neck and he was just lifting him up into the roof yeah of the, uh, <clears throat> i was uh, i was laughing about that too i was like i was like god see this brutal as shit in this fucking roman reigns bear watch out now chris now uh <clears throat> as i'm reading here um cena is playing 
he is the original peacemaker, which is Christopher Smith. Mm -hmm. Um, there apparently is two other versions of the of peacemaker. One is an unknown character. I guess he just appeared once. And then there's Mitchell Black, which I, I like listen, I'm gonna be honest with you, I had no idea who the fucking peacemaker was before James Gunn put him in this movie, but I'm a fan now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because he was originally he was originally owned by Charlton Comics. I think oh, okay. they were the guys who had Shazam as well. So when DC acquired them, that's probably when they acquired him. So but okay. Okay. But but then after they escaped that, that's Sorry, when everybody. it cuts that that's when it cuts to the Harley sequence of her getting tortured and her escaping, um, which I thought was pretty, which I thought was good. I, I definitely got a lot of lethal weapon callbacks there to where she's being hung up and electrocuted. The only, the only, the only disappointing thing is that that wasn't Al Leong who was uh, electrocuting her. It should have been. Should have been Al, Al Kabong Leong. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're zapping her and she's singing a uh, fucking just a gigolo. Watch I like this, yeah, because I I like this too. This is very old school. Not that she was being tortured, but but I I appreciate the like eighties action movie vibe that you get from it. Like you said with Lethal Weapon and other movies where your main star is getting tortured by the bad guy, mm-hmm. and then she. Now this uh, coming up here. This is actually uh, my favorite part of the movie. Mm. Is her, her escape, uh, which is saying much, and, again i'm not a fan yeah. i'm not a huge fan and, of and her slaughtering literally everybody in her I thought path it was great i thought yeah. it was great she finally got a really good i mean i like her in the 2016 movie i didn't like her in birds of prey i liked her in this again so like i felt like this is a progression of the original version we had of her five years ago she she got her moment yeah she really like did. like like she got a moment to shine yeah, this, apparently this margaret Roby actually can bring her feet up like that like over her head <laughs> but yeah no this is this is spoiler, he said he uh, says with a grin spoiler this this is actually my favorite scene in the movie is is her es- es- escaping from the from the building I don't know now see i thought you would have been now see i thought you would have been disappointed in this scene because they used the louis prima version of just a gigolo and oh, not yeah. the david lee roth version of just a gigolo. actually when it started i was like i was like oh is that the roth version and i went i was like oh no it's, it's, the, it's the original but Uh oh, we've lost George again. George is gone. I can't hear him. George is gone. I can't hear him. He's just sitting there. Yeah, yeah face. I'm, there he is. Yeah, there he is. I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. It's a little too my man. I copyrighted that, so fuck off. Oh, no, I didn't hear it. I'm assuming you were singing Justin Jiggle. <laughs> no, I was singing that George is gone. I can't hear yeah. him. George is gone. I can't yeah. hear him. Set to the tune of Justin Jiggle. Yeah, <laughs> like everything else. Everybody knows everywhere I go. Skibbity my new air. Ah! Wow. <laughs> Daily Roth has joined the chat. <laughs> yeah, so they all turn into Bob Dylan. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you turned into something. So yeah, so they show I up at, my life like this, no tomorrow. Wow. My God. There we go. That's that's the <laughs> Roth right there. Yeah. The uh so they show up at uh Jotun uh Jotunheim and they end up in a 
you know, they're setting explosives all around. And King Shark makes that one a peacemaker. Yeah. It's a peacemaker. It's like, thank you. That looks <laughs> nothing like that. And uh, we see Star down in the basement. Now, you know, Ratcatcher 2 is basically appalled that people are being used as test subjects for Starro. And then while all that's going on, the other team upstairs runs into some some folks, Mm -hmm. some some of the military. And Polka Dot Man shoots his Polka Dots at him, but accidentally ends up hitting one of the flints that fell on the floor, which causes the building to explode. Yeah. And uh, King Shark found some dumb friends. To uh to chase around and I wonder what those there. things are because I don't know them from the comics if they're in the comics. I can only assume a James Gunn creation. Yeah, it's quite possible. But when the water came in, and then he was getting and and he was getting attacked by them all. I got nervous. I'm like, are they going to kill him this way? Yeah, I I thought the same thing, and I was like, there's no way. But I was like, but they they killed Captain Boomerang, so and, and we're right around the point now where you know we got the you know, Rick Flag gets killed, which yeah, I was not happy about that at all. Um, to me, like when it comes to the Suicide Squad, of what I know of the Suicide Squad, Rick Flag has been like and and Deadshot are like the prominent members of the Deadshot more recently, or you know, I would say within maybe like the past like 10 years. But I was not happy they killed Rick Flag. Yeah, Amy like audibly gasped. Yeah, and, like, I was not happy. Did about that, that thing where she like covered her mouth with her hand, like <gasps> I was like her pearls. Yeah, but like pretty much. Like I mean, that's like I could get over the Captain Boomerang thing, like or oh, whatever, you know. Okay, but for me, and I think I I remember saying this a couple years ago too, when Will Smith didn't reprise his role, which he which I'm almost positive it was because he was doing Bad Boys to uh, three, um. And I was just like, I got a feeling that they're going to kill Rick Flag and Captain Boomerang because of like the backlash from 2016. Like they're going to move forward. You know what I mean? Like that's what that's two less actors from the old DCEU that they could not don't have to worry about. Mm-hmm. But like Amanda Waller was and Harley Quinn were the two be- things that everybody was like, oh, I love from the first movie. So they kept them alive for this one because mm-hmm. I mean, if James Gunn had his way, he probably would have killed Amanda Waller or Harley Quinn. You know what I mean? But clearly they're going to do more with those characters. I'm sure there's going to be another Suicide Squad movie. But I feel we, like if anybody kills Amanda Waller, she's probably going to fucking deal with John Constantine to like, yeah, to have some like to have something where she can't die. So uh, I mean, do we know got, if she's got deals on top of deals on top of deals? Do we know if? Um, Amanda Waller is going to be in the Peacemaker show. Has that you know, been? I don't. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Maybe they're keeping that under wraps. Maybe. Where am I going? Oh, Kevin's fucking mouse is backwards. I also haven't used a mouse in like ten years. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So Ratcatcher Two ends up getting the drive, and then, um, you know, and uh. Fucking peacemaker catches up with her and she's like, "No, you got the drive. You can destroy it. What do you need me for? You know, what, what do you need to kill me for?" He's like, "I'm thorough." Hmm. It's like, well, he is a bad guy. So, like, I'm looking now, and it doesn't look like Amanda Waller is in the show. Hmm. Now, this is only season one. Um, James Gunn, I don't think they've come out and said there's a season two, but he alluded to a season two. Hmm. So, 
Um, I think this will be good because I think the show is going to be such a offshoot. I guess I, that's not the word I'm thinking of, but well, he said on well, he said on Kimmel that there may not be a season two because they're over budget because John won't return the suit. <laughs> now he said, um. It was the way he worded it. He said that, like, somebody asked him about, like, is there any characters from the Suicide Squad he wants to work with? He said, well, uh, check out season one of Peacemaker in January. You wouldn't say season one if it was just a limited series. Right. So it makes me think there's going to be a season two, which, hey, if it, listen, if it's good, I'm all for it. You know, what I mean, I like John Cena in the movie. I, I loved him in the movie. I thought it was, I thought Peacemaker was badass, you know, as much of a douchebag as he is. And I, I do enjoy James Gunn. So. You know, I'm all for it if it's a good. I, I know, uh, <clears throat> I know, Vigilante is going to be in it as well. So, yeah, yeah. So. But yeah, we uh, were just talking. Oh, I was, I was, I was going to bring up before I distracted myself because I'm a tool. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The Peacemaker and Rick Flag fight. Now, while I did not like the outcome of that fight, I didn't want either of them to die. You know what I mean? Because I, I like Rick Flag as leader of the Suicide Squad. Um, but I, I didn't want John, you know, I was, I, it was, I, I'd heard a leak that Peacemaker did live through the movie. You know, I heard about the after credit scene, so I was happy, but this fight was really good. It was a really oh, brutal, yeah. very, very tough fight, very believable fight. And, um, in my five best things, that's actually the, my second favorite thing in the movie. I like the shot where as the fight started, it was done in the reflection of Peacemaker's was- helmet. That was excellent. That was a great yeah, shot. Yeah, I was great. That was really great. It kind of reminded me a little bit of what he did at the opening of Guardians 2, where we saw Baby Groot dancing, but we could see the fight in the background. It kind of reminded me that obviously it's not the same thing, but yeah. it reminded me. That I thought that was really cool to watch the beginning of that fight in, you know, in the in the helmet. Um, that was really cool. But, um, you know, I didn't need to what I more so i didn't like like i said i didn't like the fact that they killed rick flag i didn't need to see his his heart being stabbed like that does nothing for me i know you stabbed him he's going to die i didn't need to see that it, not again it doesn't make me scream squeamish right so because i'm a huge horror fan but i it was so it was unnecessary like i okay. think it was like like, like, I'll agree with you that it was a bit unnecessary, but I think I think it was reinforcing the point that Peacemaker is, you know, anything in his hands is a lethal weapon. Right. No, I mean, I and, get that. But... I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I guess I, that's the only thing I really gravitated out of that. I think I'm also probably to remind you that, hey, these are bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, Rick Flagg isn't. Rick Flagg, Rick Flagg is, isn't. is, is a mil- he's in the military, yeah. which I think was probably done a little bit better in the first one but i liked him in this i liked him in this one too i mean i like uh joel kinnaman i'm i'm so um yeah outside of the outcome of that fight i thought that fight was 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 great i really enjoyed that fight a lot so oh i've lost i haven't lost george's audio i've lost george's no he's back fully no i'm back yeah no no i your video froze but i could still hear you i wasn't froze i just didn't move no you froze you were blurred oh oh okay (laughs) Uh, As Starro begins to enslave the island's population, Waller informs the squad that their mission is over. However, Bloodsport leads his teammates in battling Starro, while Waller's subordinates subdue her to prevent her from executing the squad. Polkadot Man is killed, but the squad weakens Starro enough for Ratcatcher 2 to summon the city's rats against the the extraterrestrial. 
which Chu started death from the from its insides as Harley drives fallen teammate Javelin staff into its massive eye. She's been carrying this thing around yeah. because Javelin told her to carry it around for and then he died. So she's basically doing she's like, I was told to carry this around, but I don't know why. So she's just carrying it around, which that's mm-hmm. that's a Harley thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. The squad the squad bat the squad's battle having drawn the quarter Maltese military away from the capital also allows Soria to take control of the government which she pledges to reform. Using the drive as leverage, Bloodsport forces Waller to release him and his surviving teammates in exchange for keeping its contents confidential, allowing them to be airlifted out of quarter Maltese. In two post-credit scenes, Weasel from the first team and Peacemaker are revealed to be alive with the former in quarter Maltese and the latter under government care. So, um, and the the big guy from Waller's team, Steve Agee, yeah. uh, he plays John Economos. He's going to be in the show. Yes. As is Jennifer Holland. Yeah. Which is, um, which is, uh, James, which James Gunn's girlfriend. Gunn's so, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so what did you think of Starro? I, I liked it. I thought he looked, I thought he looked good in the movie. And I felt James Gunn was kind of the only director who could bring him out and make it look good. And hokey at the same time. I mean, this is a guy who got his start in trauma. So, I mean, a giant starfish is literally in his wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. Uh, What did what did what were your what were your thoughts on Starro? Do you Um, have have anything? I liked Starro because I mean he's a classic Justice League villain. Mm -hmm. But I was the most sympathetic with Starro for the out of all the characters in the movie because, especially when. The had uh, he had when he had control of General Moderno, Madrono, whatever his name is, and was like, I was I was happy floating amongst the stars, yeah, you know, or something like that. I was just like, Why did you make me sympathetic for the villain of the well, I guess, sort of the villain of the movie because he's really not the villain of the movie, yeah. Um, like you're supposed to make me feel sympathetic for like, couldn't you just have like a because I think Starro can fly in the comics, I don't know. Mm. I haven't read much of Starro. I just know of Starro. You know, I know, you know, a little bit from recent stuff. I know there's Jaro as well. So, right. Um, but yeah, when he was when when Madrano like comes up, was like I was happy, you know, to just look at, you know, floating and looking at all the stars. I I was like, yeah. I mean, it kind of reinforced the fact that the thinker was the one who was pulling all the strings on everything. Yeah, you know, getting him to. I mean. And he got ripped in half and then slammed into a, and slammed into a window. There's nothing left of him. <laughs> ah, not a thing. Not a, not a goddamn thing. thing. No, that, dude's, that dude's a smear. Yeah. He's a fucking smear. Yeah. Um, so what did you think of the... Uh, oh, fizzle sticks. That, that, I, 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 went, yeah, I audibly yeah. laughed at that in the theater. <laughs> like, David Dalsmalchian is... He doesn't get the credit that he's deserved. In this dude shows he started to show up in as many superhero movies as uh as as Jaime Hansu. Yeah, seriously. It's like who's gonna be in and, and they both bounce between the companies, so yeah. Because I mean, don't forget he was in uh he was in the dark knight as yeah, the guy that Ant-Man. Harvey Dent was interrogating, and then he yeah. was in Ant-Man and this. So I mean he, and he was he also played um oh my god. He he played Abracadabra on Flash. On the TV show. Oh yeah, he did. So I mean, 
it's his really... first movie was the dark knight oh well he's yeah. literally just gotten up from there so Let's see what else he and done. like even like poking him even when he died i was like no oh. and he does the voice of calendar man in the long halloween animated movie oh boy yeah oh boy um i mean i kind of feared he was going to die but when he even when he did i was like oh damn oh he's gonna be in uh what if oh probably playing the same character you play in that man is that his name his name's kurt yeah okay yeah yeah so so um you know because so we're we're kind of here towards the end of the film right yeah um I was very happy that King Shark lived because then he fell out of the tower and I was like, oh, okay, he's dead, right? Now, yeah. Gonna, you know, another death I'm going to be pissed off about. Now he lives and he rips that dude's fucking head off, which is great. Yeah. Um, he bit that guy's head off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also like this, the shot in the rain when he ripped the guy in half. Yeah, that was in the trailer too and I loved it. That was great. Yeah. That was great. Um, so... Like when he was laying on the ground after he fell out of the tower and he was getting shot, Amy was like, "Oh no!" I'm like, he, "He's he's bulletproof." <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like Aquaman. It, it's like Atlantean steel can is only thing that can pierce the skin or something like that. And it, apparently, he, those little fucking things. Yeah, whatever they are. I had to look that up. I feel like those are. I feel like those are in the comics, but I I don't know. I don't know. Again, they could be something to do with Starro. I have no idea. So. So we got, you know, we, we we touched on the two end credit scenes, you know, we're obviously we're getting peace, which is just confirmed that Peacemaker takes place after the supposed to be in the prequel that everybody yeah. kind of assumed it was going to be because we didn't know if John Cena was going to live. Um, Weasel, like he clearly lived. Um, I wonder if Weasel was faking his death so he wouldn't have to go along with the mission. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I mean, he Actually, is a weasel, so. I noticed something in my second viewing of the movie mm -hmm. when Amanda Waller opens up the case to blow like she's threatening to blow their heads up when they're like going back to fight Starro Peacemaker is still alive yeah I saw that his 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 light still on you can still see right. his face so so that that's actually right there I wanted to talk on, about that about Amanda Waller when she's like screaming into the mic into the the, the, the handset right before she's knocked out that I was just like, somebody put a bullet in her head. Like, I'm just like, this is so not Amanda Waller. Like, I don't understand how they got her so wrong in this movie. Like, I feel like the real Amanda Waller would have just flipped up the case and just hit Fucking, one of them and been like, yeah. I'll do it all. Yeah. Like, she would have like, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, because remember, even in the first one, she was trying to blow Harley's thing up, but it had been fucking de deactivated by the uh, Joker. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just, I don't, there was, I just didn't like it. Again, it's, it's my least favorite thing in the movie is Amanda Waller. And then she got knocked upside the head. Like she would have came to and just killed all them. Yeah. And then going for forward with something else I didn't like, I didn't like her team at all. Not once did I feel like those were people who worked for the government. No, like no, they just they and, felt and definitely like not Steve and, and definitely not Steve Agee. Yeah, <laughs> they just felt like like in the first. I I I, I don't want to keep going back to the first movie, but you felt like you knew that she worked for the government and 
she had military people around her. You felt that she was a government official. This just felt like I felt like she was just like, I'm going to, you know, they didn't feel like government officials. You know what I mean? Like she felt like an office manager. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind of what it felt like. And I, I didn't like that. You know, you know, some military around her would have been a little bit better. Also, another thing, I, I started watching a little bit after I came home when I was uh, I was eating my snack. Yeah. Um, I had some fresh cut watermelon, by the way. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Um, TDK is also technically still alive, too. He's just in critical condition. Oh, really? Yeah, because when they go through and they show, like, the names when they go over the people again, his doesn't, his isn't read it out. It just says, it's in yellow and says critical condition. And really? that cuts to him, like, coughing up the blood. So he oh, may yeah, still be Oh, yeah, I did see alive. him coughing up the blood, yeah, but I just figured he died after that. Yeah. So, um... I thought he was going to do something cool with his arms detaching and all he was doing was just smacking <laughs> people around. Yeah. I'm like, what is this? I'm like, yeah. was this Nathan Fillion's idea? Because I feel like Had it to was. Be. Had to be. <laughs> so, so what is your favorite scene in the movie? It's the essentially the pissing contest between Bloodsport and Peacemaker in the jungle. It's a good scene. Uh, and I gave everybody my favorite scene, which was uh, which is Harley's, Harley's Escape. escape. Yeah. What's your least favorite scene in the movie? Uh... Honestly, probably the whole wooing of between Harley and El Presidente. I didn't I, need to see uh, like the romantic love affair. Yeah, I was like, ah, like it just kind of pulled me out. Like I know it's Harley; it's in Harley's character to kind of fall for somebody like that and to get wooed and you yeah, know, be made somebody who's to ex- feel like accepting of her. Yeah, you know, and to be made to feel like a princess. But hey, I mean, yeah, I didn't need to see the romance and I. Uh, you know, it could have just cut to that and then maybe like that violent sex scene that seemed like it. And then, and then from there. Yeah. But, um, for me, because there's, there's a bunch in this movie I don't like. I'm going to say when Waller is probably screaming into the microphone, into, into the thing, just like unaudible, which almost what she's yelling. I'm like, this is just so out of character. Like, Amanda Waller is calm, cool, collective. She is as much of a planner as, as Batman is. She's got backup plans for backup plans. And I just didn't get that from her in this movie. And that was like the antithesis of, of how I think they failed this character completely in this movie of her just like uncontrollably yelling into, into that, that hand, that walkie talkie. Mm-hmm. So that's probably my least favorite scene in the movie. Honestly, more than that little, op- you know, the opening beach storming and, um, the bar scene. So, um, yeah. but I actually have, I have my five best things in the movie before we get okay. to our final ratings. Um, and I've talked about them already. I Harley's escape was my favorite. I love the, the, the peacemaker flag fight. Ratcatcher two was fantastic. She's, I think she stole the movie. She was fantastic. Um, King shark was great. And then Sebastian, the rat. Those are great. And there's, there, again, there's a lot of other things in the movie that I really, really liked. Um, Peacemaker, Bloodsport. I thought. I mean, I love Idris Elba, you know. So I mean, he's an Arsenal fan. So he, you know, we we deal with the plight. Um, <laughs> but there's there's a lot of good things in this movie. And then the the five. I actually have six things. Um, again, Amanda Waller killing of Captain Boomerang, but mainly of of Rick Flag. Didn't like her team. I also hated the projector joke when they're in the uh, the, the oh the with the over room. projector. Yeah. I that is that was. So so unnecessary 
Like you already had the joke with King Shark and he goes, hand. And then she goes, yes, there's her hand. And then he looks over at a peacemaker and goes, oh, and he like adjusts himself. Like, I'm not yeah. stupid. You know, like he was like, he back, like, 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 like he was super happy. He's like, ha, I'm smart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. That was, it was, it was, well, yeah, because he also, you know, yeah, because he also mocked him earlier where he's like, guys, we're reading a book upside down. He's yeah. pretending to read. Yeah. <laughs> and then like they cut right to another joke and it was like, so I understand when, and I'm, I am somebody who feels the same way. I don't want Marvel humor in my movies. And I felt that was every time there was a scene of levity and weight, there was a, there was a fucking quip to take us right out of it. And you had back to back quit like jokes right there. And I don't blame Danielle Meltier at all for that. That was, that was all. I hate to say it was all on James Gunn. It just, it didn't do anything for me. I didn't like the opening scene of, of storming the beach. I said that. And then the bar scene. So, um, so George out of 10, what do you give this? I'm gonna. I lost you. I lost you. I lost you. Hold on. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's, he's flailing his hands around like a Muppet right now. So it's a little bit of suspense, a little bit of suspense and stuff like that. So George, are you back yet? Can you say something? You know, I'll, uh, you know, I'll tell you, you know, you know, I'll tell you with Xfinity, nothing but the best, nothing but the best <laughs> service. Yes. Yeah, you know, I'm glad my $200 a month is going to get some, uh, That's right. some quality internet. That's right. As, as I was saying, Dean, as you were saying, um, 7.5 out of 10, seven mm. and a half out of 10 enjoyable. There were some parts I thought that were a little off, but overall, it's got rewatchability and I will watch it, it again. It does have rewatchability. And as I said to you, I text you and I texted Chris. Um, I, w- I enjoyed it much more my second viewing. So I haven't put my, so it did go up for me. Um, and it went up to also a 7.5 out of 10. That's I'm, I'm going to give it an extra half a point because um, I did like a very, the stuff I do like outweighs the stuff that's bad, but um, and I don't want to say I was disappointed in it because I really had no expectations for it because the th- the trailers really did nothing for me. But I had expectations because of James Gunn, and you know I was expecting something as good as a, the near perfect, if not perfect, Guardians movies. So what I'm going to do real fast, I made I you know what I always do every time there's a new comic book movie, I do uh, an updated. Uh, quick ranking and we're going to do it on BGE uh, quickly when we talk about coming up on next week when we're going to do a retrospective of the DCEU with myself, George and Chris on Big Key Carringy but I don't know if everybody listens to this listens to that so I'm going to I'm going to add in the Suicide Squad real fast to my rankings Um, and this does unfortunately include Justice League from 2017 because that movie unfortunately actually does exist even though i try not to to believe it does so there are 11 cinematic movies done for the dcu and this is going from 11 to 1 i'm going to read them off really fast to you guys 11 is birds of prey 10 is justice league 9 is wonder woman 84 8 is suicide squad again a movie i I do like i have the suicide squad at number seven uh Six is Shazam, five is Wonder Woman, four is Aquaman, three Man of Steel, two Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, the Ultimate Edition, 
and number one is Zack Snyder's Justice League. That is my updated rankings for the DC EU. Um, and we'll, you know, I'm, I'll give them to our B, BGE crowd on, I think we're going to record on Monday. Um, and then we'll, you know, obviously going to be talking much more about the, the missteps, the misfirings, the successes of the DCU, you know, and, and stuff like that. And just kind of our general thoughts about, it. so uh, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'm done so, um, so branching off of this, right. We have Peacemaker coming in January as a spinoff of this. Do you think there is any other character in this movie that could get a spinoff show for themselves as well? Besides um, like Harley Quinn, obviously. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Harley did. Uh, I think she I would will. like to see King Shark show up somewhere, but I don't think he's a strong enough character to carry on a show by himself. Yeah. Um, he's he's definitely not. But but I think with them doing the show on Peacemaker, I think that was the perfect choice because he is the one character that you really did kind of want to see more from. Yeah. No disrespect to Bloodsport, but I don't <clears throat> need to see more of him. Yeah. You can just give me back. You you can just give me back Deadshot. I would prefer that. And that and that's not some that's not saying anything against Bloodsport. I thought Aegis Elba was great in this, but it to me, and I think that's kind of unfortunately the trope I hate to use going forward, but I do wholeheartedly agree with it. It's clear that that was supposed to be Deadshot. It's, cl- it's cl- cr- clear as crystal that that was supposed to be Will Smith Deadshot. And I remember hearing there was those rumors that when they cast Idris Elba, he was going to be Deadshot, but they opted to not recast the character because they wanted to allow Will Smith to re to reprise the role in the future. So, um, hey, maybe maybe he'll show up in you know the rumored Batfleck series or or, or movie. You know, you never know. Nice. Never know where he could show up. You know, um, King Shark. I think it'd be kind of cool if they included him in Aquaman too. He is an oh, Aquaman yeah. villain. Yeah, it's true. You know, he is an Aquaman villain, so he doesn't. Even, he doesn't even have to be a villain. He could just be floating around or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like trying yeah. to get into Atlantis, and they're like, "Oh, you can't come in." He's like, "But I come in." Yeah, something, yeah. something. You, you know, you can just have him in passing. Ah, we'll see him in passing. You know. Um, <laughs> there, there we go. So, there we go. um, with that being said, I th- think I'm. I think we're done. Would you say we're yeah. done? I think so. I would say so. Um, I think we again. I I give this movie a recommend. Um, because it it as a comic book fan, as a DC fan, as a James Gunn fan, as a fan, of a lot of characters in this movie. I do think it's it's a, it's a good film overall. It's, but it's a problematic film as well. So, but it's I I'll give it, it a um, I'll give it a theater recommend because yeah, it looked sure. really good on the big screen. It looked good on HBO Max too. Because I again I, I watched it today before we before we recorded i just i wanted to i wanted to to just have things kind of cemented in my head about it and it, it looks good on tv too it, it's a well shot movie too it's very oh, well yeah. shot um so um with that being said everybody uh keep an eye out um for big geek energy next week because we're this is this is going to kind of carry over because i think chris is watching it tonight or he, he's going to try to at least so this will carry over into that episode let me hit the mic um i don't remember what we have planned for next week for, for i here. could be wrong but i think it's predator is it okay we'll have to check i'm, al- I'm almost positive it's predator okay um but yeah we'll, we'll you know actually this felt good to do a combo movie because i feel like it's been a 
almost two months since we've done a comic book movie. Yeah, we've been trying to do them like twice a month, but then yeah, in, in June, everything kind of fell off. Yeah, and then we didn't really have so. anything planned for July. So did we do one in July? No, we were supposed to do X-Men and we scrapped it. Yeah. So, but uh, I think next month we have, uh, this is the only comic book movie I think we have for August. But I know in September we're doing Batman Begins. So that that's going to be good. And Chris will be on for that. Oh, I can't hear George. Can't hear him. So, um, but uh, oh, he left. He he he's thrown his stuff down. He's taking his pants off and he's gone. He's gone. His dick's flopping everywhere. We're fine um, through. We're fine through the opening, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> the show. but uh, but um, anyway, everybody, uh, you know, it's good to be back. Of course, you know, last weekend was a little hectic, and you know, stuff like that. Um, yeah, check out all of our shows that we're on. And um, yeah, I've been Dean Holtzapple. I'm still George Rogers, and we will see you in the multiverse. Nom nom. That's right. <laughs>